When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast, the spot to get your mind right. You can't just train the body. You got to train the mind. And I'm so excited for our special guest today, Travis Thomas. He's a performance coach with the U.S. Men's National Soccer Team. He's the founder of Live Yes, and he's an improv, should I say guru, or just wisdom or experience. Um, He's a speaker and author. You guys should get his book, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes, and. And we're also uh, mindset coaches with the groundbreaking company limitless mind that's how i met travis and he's in la with the u.s soccer team getting ready to have a match here in about a week but travis how are you i'm great man colin thanks so much and hey thanks for being patient i i I literally we just we got back from training and i just got back to my room and i was like i'm just gonna crash for an hour and then i get your text i'm like oh snap like i i never i never like forget meetings or miss meetings and like so the timing was perfect. And uh, so I apologize. I don't have like a professional microphone. I'm in a hotel room, but uh, nonetheless, I'm happy to be here. I'll say you look and you sound great. So <laughs> how about let's just jump into it right now. Let's yeah. talk about, explain to us, live, yes, and. Yeah, so uh, so I've been doing improv comedy for, well, as you can see, for those of you who can or can't see my, my white beard, um, I'm going on, you know, 20 23, 24 years at this point when I started doing improv in my early 20s, but, uh, you know, grew up and sports were my passion and uh, didn't really focus on much else than sports and then got got married right out of college and moved to Boston and my wife and I were working kind of like normal, quote unquote, professional jobs and um, I always loved improvisation and we went to a show and I was blown away at how, how talented the performers were. So I'm like, I need to know how they do that. Let's like, it's like magic, right? When you see good magic, you're like, I want to know how they did it. And so they had a training center. So I signed up for a, a level one training center, eight week class. And I was hooked. Like I was hooked. I'm like, this is amazing. Like light bulbs were going off left and right about um, the principles and the sort of the mindset for improvisation. And then level one turned into two, three, four, five, six, year and a half later, I was graduating from the training center and auditioning for their touring company cast and made that and then worked my way up to the next cast and then the next cast. And then I eventually made it up to their main stage cast where I performed for a while. And then we moved to Boston. I'm sorry, we moved from Boston to Florida in 03. And I started a group with, with two other guys down there. And we performed once or twice a month since uh, 03, 04. And so we just celebrated. We just celebrated, uh, what was that, 17 years? We did a show uh, uh, last month. We did 17 years together that we've been doing some form of improv since 04. Um, and so once I got into performance coaching, that's the work that I knew I wanted to do, getting into speaking and performance coaching, first in the personal development, individual one-on-one space, and then into the corporate space, and then back full circle into the sports performance space as a mindset coach and uh, uh, team dynamics and culture. Uh, the thing that I wanted to incorporate with, with all of these different areas was um, improvisation as a tool, as a tool for 
team dynamics as a tool for mindset, as a team, as a as a tool for mindfulness, all of these different things. Um, and that's just kind of become my niche. So to answer your question in the longest possible way, Colin, is uh, yes and is the basis of improvisation. All improv is based off those two words, yes and. And any actor or improviser, like they'll be the first one to tell you. And so when it came time for me to kind of name what my little company was going to be, I knew it had to have yes and in it. And then when I sat with it, I was like, okay, like uh, it hit me one day. I'm like, oh no, you're like, your companies live yes and because like that's that's what you're trying to share with people and that's what you know my wife and i we've been living for the last you know 24 years now this is 24 Ooh, yeah 24 years is living these living this mantra of yes and um and uh but yeah so that's the yes and is the improv i, I know we'll get into the yes and here but yeah that's it's the basis of improvisation I love that. If you break down improv, if you're going to break down, these are the fundamentals. If you're going yeah. to give us like a, a five minute crash course, like these are the core pillars for us to execute, to listen, to, to adapt to yes. And maybe give us a few of, of those tips. Yeah. So, so again, if we just start with the, the yes, and right. Improvisation is, you know, one or more people creating creating something on the spot with no script or no pre-planning, right? That's improvisation. And it's done obviously for entertainment purposes. Um, and so the yes and aspect of improv, if you can yes and you can improv. And that, that essentially means if you and I are doing a, a scene together and um, <clears throat> you and I both know that we're, if we adhere to the yes and principle, uh, we should be able to tell a story, whether it's good or not, but we should be able to tell a story. And the yes is agreement or acceptance so no matter what i say to you i know that you're going to say yes to it which means acceptance i accept your idea so if you and i are on stage and the lights drop and lights come up and i was like oh my gosh like there's a lion over there right and you're going to say yes you're going to accept it if you say no it completely kills the scene right that's not a lion that's a bear like like what's the point right i i made it a lion so I know you're going to yes it. Yes, that is a lion. And now, so yes is acceptance or agreement. The and is you're now going to build off of my idea. You're not just going to take my idea. You're going to build off of it because we're telling the story together. And you're going to say, yes, and that's a rare species. It's never been seen before. Boom. You just yes and my idea. Now, all I'm going to do is yes and your new idea. And I'm going to say, yes, and if we can capture this on film, we'll be millionaires, Right. And you say, yes, and not only are we going to capture it on film, I'm going to shoot it and we're going to stuff it and sell it to the museum, right? And so we just start to every new idea is the next step. And so all we're doing is agreeing with each other, building off of it, agreeing, build, agree, build, agree, build. And before you know it, you've created a story together that neither one of you knew would happen mm -hmm. uh, just by that, that total trust and collaboration with one another. Collaboration, trust, those are good words. And I think improv is a great vehicle that, you know, in life, in business, yeah. in sales, in sports, in marriage, in conflict, in joy, it's being able to, to yes and to accept and, and commit in, in, a, in a positive way. Um, maybe give us some examples in, in like business as you, you've seen this work. I think in, in selling and influencing and leadership, yeah. this yeah. is everything. Um, is there some examples of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, again, if you if you just start with selling, 
right? The goal of a salesman is to is to get that yes, <laughs> right? That that yes is the sale. But if you if you think about it from a uh, an improvisational standpoint, um, and again, when when you talk about what are the principles of improvisation, this one isn't a, isn't a principle so much as it is is a skill of improvisation. Kind of the seminal skill number one is you've got to be a good listener. Because obviously, if I'm going to collaborate off of what you're giving me, I've got to listen to what you're saying to me. But if, in my, if I'm in my head thinking about what I'm going to say and where I'm going to take the story and what I'm going to do, I'm not listening to you. And we know that in sales specifically, sales is all about listening and understanding where, where, where that client or where that customer is coming from. And, and when we say listening, not just hearing, we're, we're listening, understanding, understanding the message underneath the words, understanding the meaning uh, of, of importance or pain of, what, of, what, of where they're really possibly coming from so, you can, so that you can clarify, so that you can dig deeper. And so that listening component is, is so key. And for sales, you know, for, for a salesperson, when you understand who you are, what you're about, what your organization is about so clearly, now I'm able to listen to my client and now I'm able to go with them and say, yes, and I think this service that we offer will be perfect for the need that you have. And yes, and, and yes, and, and yes, and, or say, yes, and you know what? We're probably not the company for you, but let me, I think we might have, like, let me recommend someone that might be a great fit for you. And so the, the listening component is so huge. And, you know, and you mentioned, um, you know, I mean, improv, life, business, personal life, everything, sports, right? Like, tell me a part of life that's not an improv, right? What, what part of our life is not improvised? And I think, you know, that's sort of a big aha for me was when you look at the principles that it takes to improvise and you start to go, well, what, what part of my life is not improvised? What part of our life do I actually control all of the factors to it? And like, you're like, well, well, none, <laughs> there's not a part of my life that, and so if all life is an improvisation, it would make sense that we actually have this skill set and mindset and principles so that we can thrive and optimize as life happens to us, right, mm -hmm. Colin, like I, I like to say, we cannot control 100% of what happens to us, which is scary, and we get to control 100% of how we respond to it. Right. So none of us probably expected or wanted a pandemic to be dropped on our lap, but it's here. And whether that's your personal life or your business, hey, we're in a pandemic. So like you got to say yes to it. Yeah, we're in it. Yes is acceptance. Right. The and is what am I going to do with it? How am I going to respond to this? How am I going to adapt my business? How am I going to go from being a speaker in person to being a speaker online? How am I going to go from um uh, you know, being a family that uh, operates one way and now we need to yes and it and adapt and respond in a different way. And so it's, it's, it's I, I call it radical collaboration with reality, right? When you're living yes and, you're in radical collaboration with what is, not what you wanted it to be. It just is. I wanted this, but this is what it is. So the more quickly I can say yes and, the quicker we move into that proactive, effective, productive um, problem solving, which you and I know to be neutral thinking. And so that, that, that yes and gets us, gets us you know, more quickly into that, that neutral stage where we can, really, we can really make progress. 
And I, I love we did a, a joint session together with a group and you were uh, connecting the dots between staying neutral. Yeah. Not critiquing, not judging, not too high, not too low, not past, not future. What's the best next step? Yeah. Going, going to truth. Maybe break down for the audience what it is to be neutral and how live yes and is is that whole thing. Yeah. That whole idea. So when, when I think about, right, when I think about neutral thinking, you know, I, I, I think about, again, it's, 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 it's a sort of non-judgmental uh, uh, approach to what, what is. And so, you know, like I'm sitting in LA right now and it's, it's probably 60 degrees and partly sunny, right? Maybe I want it to be colder. Maybe I want it to be warmer, but this, it's, it's 60 degrees and partly sunny. It is, is what it is. I can have a negative, I can have a negative reaction to it. I can have a positive reaction to it. But what a neutral reaction is, it's just kind of calling it for what it is. This is the reality right now. I can have a judgment, but my judgment really doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it comes down to um, how am I going to respond to this reality? And so neutral is about trying to have a, a non-judgmental response to what is, but then having a clear idea of how we want to respond to it. And what, you know, what we know about negativity. So if I, if I respond to it negatively, it's going to be harder for me to, to have a proactive or effective response. But if I, if I can stay neutral, I can stay in that space of looking at it for what it is and now choosing, right? The, the importance of the word choosing, choosing how I'm going to respond, not as a victim, but from a, from a proactive, you know, standpoint, where I would call from a proactive, you know, so the yes and for me, the yes and is neutral thinking. Yes is acceptance and is response. So what we want to do is that we want to, to tie our and response to our authentic individual purpose, right? Who we are, right? Whether it's your Simon Sinek, why, or you call it purpose, or you call it mission, or you call it your essence, whatever is the most important part of who you are, when your response is tied to that, you can't control the outcome, but you are responding in the best possible way in that moment to be effective. And guess what? Five seconds later, you've got to say yes and again. You've got to say yes and again. So it's, it's we're responding to the present moment, right? It brings us it brings us into, again, collaboration with reality. I don't have to like what's going on, but I have to accept it. And when I accept it, I can now move into response mode. And that's um, really effective when things are adverse conditions, I feel like, or even when you're yeah. having success, you know, it's able to stay Absolutely. focused on the right things. Yeah. I would like to t help us understand what are some blocks of improv and being effective of living yes and what are some hurdles you had to go through or you've seen other people that you that you train yeah so you know i, I was just talking to someone the other day like level one improv for me was it wasn't learning improv it was unlearning right so level one was all about unlearning what i thought improvisation was or what i thought comedy was and so like if you were to grab me at 22 23 and say hey, travis like hey, you know what would, you know, what would it mean to be funny on stage? Oh, like, you know, I'm going to like imitate like Jim Carrey, or I'm going to quote movie lines, or I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to like, try to make like really, really funny choices. And once you start taking improvisation, it's actually you unlearn what you need to, you hopefully unlearn all those habits. Improvisation is not about trying to be funny. It's not about 
quoting movie lines or impersonating famous movie characters. Improvisation is about creating uh, characters who make honest choices. And so there's, there's a phrase in improvisation. There's actually a book called The Truth in Comedy. The best improv is when it's grounded in reality and you as an actor or a character, you're making the most honest, truthful responses for the character. The funny comes out of the truth. The funny does not come out of the trying to be funny. As soon as an actor on stage tries to make a joke to be funny, it completely destroys the scene because, because the scene is no longer um, grounded in reality. It's you've broken the fourth wall and now it's like, there's really nowhere for that scene to go. And so for me, it was about, huh, okay, it's, it's not about trying to be funny. It's about making choices. It's about understanding um, who my character is, even if that, it doesn't have to be a deep, rich character, but just understanding like, okay, my character is, is frustrated right now. So now I get to respond to this scene from frustration. And now I'm probably going to have to kind of identify why I'm frustrated, but, but what you're trying to do is ground yourself in reality. Um, and so again, so, so, so the unlearning was huge uh, in, in taking improv. And then from there you get into the principles. Obviously you learn yes and right away, but then you start to get into these other deeper aspects of improvisation as well, which is there are no mistakes. Right, there are That's no. That's great. I mean, I could, no, I could use that in sports and yeah. business. There are no mistakes. Yeah, there are no mistakes. In fact, mistakes are the portals to like new discoveries, to new genius. When an actor, quote unquote, makes a mistake on stage, that usually opens up a door to the best comedy because it was an unintentional mistake. So remember. I'm doing a scene with people who are going to yes and all my ideas. So if I make a mistake, they if they point out the mistake, they're not really yes anding my idea. So what what you end up doing is you end up taking the mistake and your your scene partners spin it into it's not a mistake at all. It's actually it's 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 genius, right? So you you take mistakes and you turn them into into genius. And so Yes, do we, uh, do we make mistakes in life? Absolutely, I was trying to do this and this, I accidentally did this or this is what happened, right? But if we could have the mindset where instead of stopping and beating ourselves up and living in regret for I wanted this to happen, but this happened, so I quote unquote made a mistake. No, like you were going for this, this is what happened. Well, guess what, this is your reality. And so now you need to, you need to yes and your new reality. And I'm sure, Colin, we could have a conversation for a while around, think of all the things in your life that, that didn't work out the way that you wanted them to work out. And then you yes anded it, right? You worked with it. And then it ended up creating a relationship, a career, an opportunity that's 10 times better than the thing that you were actually going for in the first place. And so, yeah, I mean, so, so in improv, you're constantly, you're not stopping to get stuck in, oh, I meant to say this, not this. No, that train has left the station, right? That's life. Like whatever happens, the train has left the station. Just be on the train because the next yes and opportunity is just a thought away. And so it's always like, man, you know, like, um, you know, how can I turn my messes into blesses, right? It's, 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 it's how do we, how do I just take what is and, and completely pivot 
and, and turn it into the next best possible situation. And so again, so to be able to step on stage and now I don't have to be afraid of making a mistake because no matter what I do, my teammates have my back. They're going to yes and it. So now you can go out there, you can take chances, you can take risks um, because you know that your partners have your back. So you've got these hugely psychologically safe environments where there's trust, respect, and value. And now you can just go for it because you got my back. I got your back. I got your back. You got my back. We've all got each other's back. And now as improvisers, let's just go, let's just go play and explore because we're going to go there and we're going to do it together. Hey, what's up, Master Mindset listeners? Colin here, your mindset coach. I'm so excited. You can order my new book, Quiet Mind and Quiet Mind for Kids right now on Amazon. Get the tools and strategies and tactics that I haven't shared on this podcast. So you get a mental emotional toolkit to lower nerves and increase unshakable confidence to perform at your best. I got Quiet Mind, which is for teens and adults, and Quiet Mind for kids, which is for the youngsters. And parents, our kids need tools today to be their best. So go to Amazon right now and get your copy. I love that concept. And I also would love for listeners to learn, you're working with U.S. men's national soccer team. Yeah. And your background's a little unique, which is awesome. <laughs> this is a total improv. So yeah. let us give us some inspiration. Give us the backstory. I know people have aspirations and goals and dreams and living in a box. Tell us the story, how you got this gig. Yeah, that's a big yes. And in itself right there. I mean, so um, I was working at IMG Academy uh, for, for those of you who don't know, IMG Academy is kind of like, um, it's a boarding school for athletes, one of the top sports training facilities in the world. Uh, there's a thousand full-time students, middle school, high school students from all over the world. Uh, but then it's also a training for facility for youth, college, professional, Olympic athletes. It's, you know, the best way for me to describe it. It's like, it's like working at an ESPN commercial, right? You like, you walk through campus and you might be like, oh my gosh, hey, there's, you know, like I remember like one day I was like, oh, there's Kobe. And like, oh, all of a sudden I'm on a tram with someone so from Major League Baseball. And it's like, you're just walking around because at any given time, all these people are, are on facility training for their, for their specific sport. So I was there as a leadership coach. I got to work with all the athletes on campus. Um, and I was working on leadership skills and mental skills. And I was using um, games, activities, and improvisation as a way to, to teach mindfulness, to teach focus, to teach team dynamics, being a good teammate, all these different things. So while I was there, the under 17 boys national soccer team had a residency program at IMG where these kids would come down, they would spend two years training and trying to qualify for their under 17 world cup. And my boss came to me because I was a soccer player in college. And he's like, Hey, um, are you interested working with the U-17s? I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, awesome. Me and you, every two weeks, we're going to do a session with these guys. Perfect. So I would do that. I loved it. One day I'm doing a session and this guy in the back, I didn't recognize him. He came up to me. He said, hey, um, he introduced himself. He's like, hey, I'm the administrator for the men's senior national team. They're in LA right now. This was a January. He goes, they're in LA right now training. I really think the head coach who was a German coach, Jürgen Klinsmann, would, would like your session. Can I fly you to LA to do that session with the national team? I was like, oh my gosh, like dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, all right, I'll get back to you in a couple of days. I'll let you know. <clears throat> so I'm trying not to count my chickens, right? Oh my gosh, right. Uh, this is amazing. But it's not, you know, 
he calls back in three days like hey sorry to say man it didn't work out there's a change in schedule um, maybe we can work out something in the future and i was like oh come on i was uh, i was like my dream gig was to go work with the senior national team and i, I called my boss i said hey I'm kind of bummed. I'm just going to go work at Starbucks for a couple hours this morning. And then I'm coming in the office. She's like, that's fine. Go ahead. And I'm sitting in Starbucks and uh, this guy sits down next to me who I'd never met, but his son was a tennis player at IMG. And he sat down next to me. He's like, Hey, he goes, man, I've sat in your sessions before. I really like your sessions. I was like, Oh, Hey, I think I appreciate that. Thanks. He goes, he goes, um, he goes, man, you're not going to be here long. <laughs> I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, IMG is a great place, but you know, you're going to go off and do probably bigger things so you won't be here long i was like oh hey i appreciate that um he goes but you, you know what you need to do you need to write a book he goes it doesn't need to be a good book but just you know write a book you can call yourself an author it just helps you get your foot in the door a little bit more and and he was just kind of telling me like just business stories and and i'd want i'd wanted to write a book but you know like the waters hadn't moved yet to do so and so he's like hey yeah just, just my two cents and he got up and he left and i'm sitting there it was almost like this little angel just came and sat on my shoulder, you know, when I was kind of feeling bummed out and he left. I'm like, yeah, I am going to write a book. I've been wanting to write a book and I want to write, want to write about yes. And an improvisation and how that applies to life and how that applies to sports and, and your personal life and work and everything. And I sat there in Starbucks that morning and I wrote the introduction to the book and I'm like, I'm finishing this book. So it took me about the next six months and I'm working on the book Three months later, just like he said, I left IMG. I went off on my own. This is 2015. I wrote the book. I self-published it. You know, um, you know. Three years later, I'm still using the book to help get speaking work and work with teams and all that stuff. And on a whim, I'm like, oh, the uh, the U.S. Men's National Team. They've had a new coach for a year now. I'm just going to send them my book cold. Nothing ever happens with a cold send. Colin, you probably know that, right? Like the author will tell you, like not. Maybe someone sends you a nice note back, but not much happens with the cold send. So I sent him the book, wrote a little personal note inside of it. Hey, I worked at IMG. I worked with some of these players. Would love to chat sometime. And he messaged me back. Hey, I got the book. Or he texted me. Hey, I got the book. Um, thanks, man. I'll, yeah. And I said, hey, yeah, I would love to chat sometime. Thinking to myself, I'm never going to hear from this guy again. That was awesome that he texted me. Two weeks later, he texted me back again. Are you free to chat? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm free to chat. So we got on the phone and he's like, hey, I read the book. I really liked it. I like your approach to mental skills. I like your approach to culture. Um, and I reached out to uh, some of the guys that you worked with and they spoke highly of you. And he's like, here's my vision for what I'm trying to do right now. Are you interested to come and, you know, work on the national team? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can work that out. <laughs> so it was a six month contract that uh, has turned into this point. It's been, it'll be two years here at the end of the month. Um, hopefully I'll get another contract for 2022 as, as it's a World Cup year <laughs> next year. Um, but what I love about that, Colin, was like the, the motivation I needed to write the book was because an opportunity with the national team didn't work out. And then as a result of that, and then writing the book, it's the book that then actually sort of got me a full-time consulting gig with the national team, which is 10 times better than just going in and talking to them once, you know what I mean? Um, and so again, it's like, there are no mistakes at the time. Clearly I was upset at the time. I was clearly disappointed. 
And like in a victim mindset, I could have said like, of course, this was a mistake. I should have gotten this and I should have gotten this. And it's like, no, like, hey, this is what happened. What are you going to do with it? Right. This is what, you know, you don't have to like it, but what are you going to do with it? And that's that yes and, and that's that neutral, you know, I have the choice to sit and stew and be a victim, but I also know that when I'm stuck in victim thinking, I'm stuck. Nothing's going to happen until I finally pull myself up, say yes, acceptance, and what am I going to do about it? And um, so, yeah, it's really kind of crazy roundabout way of turning that setback into a setup. That's inspiring. I love that story so much. Way to go. That's so <laughs> cool. Um, I got a few more questions. We'll wrap up and join our time today. Um, hopefully people are listening and I love that, you know, victim and there, there are no mistakes. I think in my process is I beat myself up and I analyze. And so that, yeah. that, that yes and mindset, staying neutral and, and taking a setback for a setup. I love how you said that. Um, but uh, as, a, as a speaker and a coach myself, I love learning from other speakers. And we, we kind of talked about this when we had a conversation, I think that the summer about how you set up your trainings. Because I think mm-hmm. there's coaches that need some help with you can't just coach skills and craft. You have to talk about culture, right. leadership, mindset. Um, and I think they're looking for some, some strategy tools that maybe structure and tell us how you come in for a session. What, what's your like flow? Yeah. Do you mean like specifically like working with a team? Yes. I think uh, people want to yeah. know like, okay, you're teaching improv, teaching mindset stuff. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right, right, right. So so I, I think the, the way to think about it is almost to kind of reverse reverse engineer, you know, the session, you know, um, no one cares about the fact that I can do improv. Like, what's the relevance of improv to sports? What's the relevant, like, who cares? <laughs> so it's always about how can I, how can I come in and connect with my audience in this particular case, the team, how can I connect with a team right away where they're going to go, oh, right? This is relevant to me. And so I think for, for, for a coach or a trainer, like we're so geeked up and jazz, we want to share all the knowledge that we have, which is great, right? Then that's why we do what we do. We want to share all the knowledge that we have. But what I think we want to do is we want to be, we want to ask ourselves, how can I be relevant and add value as quickly as possible, right? How can I think from the perspective of my audience? What is their need? What's their perspective? Where are they coming from? And what's going to be important to them? And so at the end of the day, right, you want to meet that need. You want to make sure that you are providing value and being relevant to them. And so, you know, obviously now that I'm on staff, I'm I'm talking to the coaches. And so I kind of know from a mindset perspective, here's what we want the players to get uh, information wise. And then it's, then it's reverse building the session around that. What activity, what activity can I do with the guys? What improv activity can I do that is going to reinforce, let's say, focus? That's going to reinforce uh, simplicity. That's going to reinforce um, resilience. And so then I, I think about the activity that's going to go with that. And then like, oh, hey, is there a great video? Is there a great video that I can show that will supplement this? that's going to fit perfectly with the theme. And so it's, it's just sort of working backwards, but it's working backwards from relevance and then relevance to, to practicality. So I want to, we want to take the ideas that are most relevant and then I want to figure out a way how to make it engaging, practical, and, and hopefully entertaining, 
right? Like we, we learn best when we enjoy it, right? So what game can I play that's going to be a focus game? What, how can we turn this into a competition? How, and so how can, and, and again, for me, it's like, I don't want them to think about the concept. I want them to feel the concept, right? Especially as athletes, right? They are, they're kinetic learners. Um, you know, we can talk about pressure, but we want to feel pressure. I can talk about focus, but we want to feel focus. So that's why I believe the interact, the interactivity and the games are so important, which is why improv is so great because improv is pull someone up on stage and make them improvise. And guess what you've just done? You've just got the, you've got the adrenaline going, you've got the nerves going, you've got the mind racing, all those things that athletes feel or a salesman feels or anyone in a quote unquote pressure situation, a performance pressure situation. We feel nerves, we feel pressure, we feel adrenaline, our thoughts are going a mile a minute. Well, we can recreate that so that we can then notice how it felt when we were locked in compared to us intellectually talking about it. Yes. Well, when you're nervous, take a breath and, you know, take a breath and, you know, like, that's great. It totally makes sense. All that is true. But if we can recreate the pressure so that we can, you know, we can, we can have that, that, that relevant practical feeling, that's ultimately what, what I want to recreate. And therefore it's adding value. Love it. So I wrote down early relevant value activity game video and then to wrap it up somehow how there is a question to discuss and um application yeah of some kind right? yeah yeah so that, that's kind of the flow i love that yeah and um, i you know i usually come out of the gate activity out of the gate mm -hmm. to get their attention and then we talk about the concept and then usually another activity to reinforce it and then a video to reinforce it in a different creative way and then usually a takeaway, right? Okay, so how do we, you know, application, right? How can we take this from here and apply it? Um, so wow. I would say, yeah, I would say that's that's pretty consistent. I love it. And this kind of probably my the last question. I had so much fun today. Um, can you tell a story about doing a session or teaching a lesson and one of the players of the team took hold of an idea and, and we saw it, you saw it happen out on the field or you saw it happen in the locker room or there is like a moment where because i think we want to provide re relevance for our field yeah like we we need to be every team needs to have some type of a program on mindset culture leadership being resilient present moment focus so we can't just train body we can't just train skills we got to train the mental side so i i'm just curious if you can think of on the spot total improv yeah i mean i think the, the one that comes to mind is is a situation you know we had uh this summer um we had a high, high pressure, high intense game. And, um, you know, I'd shared, shared a story with the team around this idea of um, the short version is, but like, you know, if a storm comes rolling over the mountains and out in the valley, you've got cows, right? Cows or cattle. When they see the storm coming, they, cows do one of two things. They either lay down and take a beating or they, they run away from the storm and try to outrun it. And so the, the storm catches them and they're running with it. And they end up taking a beating longer by trying to run away from the storm, right? So they either lay down and take a beating or they try to run, try to run away from it and take a longer beating. Now, conversely, buffalo or bison, if they're down in the valley 
and the storm comes rolling down over the mountains. They see the storm coming and they turn instead of running away or laying down, they face the storm and they run at the storm, right? Yes, and, right? It's inevitable. And so let's, let's go at it. I'm, whether it's fear, resilience, adversity, they run at it. And as a result, yes, they get hit by the storm, but they meet the storm and they get on the other side of the storm faster by running at it, right? Eyes wide open, run at the storm, meet the challenge, learn from the challenge, get on the other side of the challenge. So the theme to the team was, hey, some things are going to go sideways. It's going to be intense. All these different factors that we know might happen, could happen. We're going to run at the storm, right? We're not going to be afraid of them. We're going to run at the storm, right? We ended up, you know, playing two games, winning a trophy. Um, and in the final, every possible thing that could go wrong in a final did. And yet we still found a way to win. And uh, there was one player in particular who had, had a rough game. Things didn't go his way. Um, and, you know, Colin, you know, professional athletes, there's no hiding from mistakes. You know, they hear about it on social media. And he was getting just, you know, uh, eviscerated on social media. And we had to, we, we left that game. We had to go to another city and play a friendly after. And, and we were at training. And, you know, the guys come walking out and he just came walking up to me and kind of had his head down and he's like, Trav, he goes, running at the storm is really hard. And it was, he was feeling it. He was feeling it. And I just, we, we had a couple of minutes where I just put my arm around him and uh, let him know how much I cared about him and how proud I was of him. Um, for staying in the battle and not hiding and running at the storm and going through it and going through it and going through it. And it meant a lot. I mean, it was powerful for him and it was equally as, as meaningful to me. And, and I think that's, I mean, that's what the work is. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's, you know, building relationships with people in a way where you're meeting, you know, you're meeting heart to heart and, I'm just, you know, you're like, you're not sharing a concept because I'm here to share concepts. You're like, you're, you're here because you care and the relationships create that caring. And if you can, if you can help, you know, if you can help however way, little way or big way that you can, but at the end of the day, it comes down to building those relationships and nurturing those relationships. And if you can do that, then, then there's obviously receptivity to all the ideas that we, that we want to share so good person over performer yeah person first that's really good well i, I loved today I, I loved our conversation oh, you're Thanks amazing you're a, you're a mentor to me like i i learned from you inspired by you um so much good stuff i want to encourage everybody three words for getting unstuck live yes and great stocking stuffers great on amazon right now <laughs> you could prime that thing it's going to come tomorrow so um that's so cool well uh can you let us know where where we can we can find you yeah so i'm pretty much anywhere on social media um uh at live yes and so l-i-v-e-y-e-s-a-n-d um instagram twitter uh facebook uh LinkedIn. I'm, I'm either LinkedIn at Livia Sander, Travis Thomas, either way. Yeah. And, and, and anyone who's listening and you have a question and you want to reach out or um, I'm super accessible, love hearing from people. And uh, yeah, on oh, my website, liviasand.com. Um, so happy, happy to, 
to connect and, and, uh, and, and share any way I can. That's awesome. And Travis, we end every single show with this truth. Yeah. The body has limits, but the mind is limitless. Our brother, thanks. I love it, man. Thanks, brother. Stop recording. Stop recording. Thank <laughs> you.